All right, happy Wednesday afternoon. We're approaching 440 now. Jeff Andreas here with you on NL Newsday. Be here until 6 o'clock. Thanks so much for sticking with me. It has been more than a week now since additional restrictions were put in place in B.C. Those restrictions include restaurants not being allowed to offer any indoor dining. The frustration is real. The impact on the pocketbook is definitely real. So how is the government helping? And is there anything the province, or public health for that matter, could have done or could be doing to help ease the burden? Well, let's bring in now Kamloops South MLA. He's also the liberal critic for jobs, economic recovery, and innovation, Todd Stone. Todd, how you doing here today? I'm doing well. Thanks, Jeff. Well, thanks so much for the time. Now, I, I wanted to start uh, by just getting some thoughts from you about restaurants and what we're seeing right now in terms of the new restrictions. One of the first points I wanted to talk about was the timing of the announcement when it was made last week. It was uh, basically restaurants were given a few hours notice that they were no longer going to be allowed to offer dine-in services. Not a lot of time for you know restaurant owners to get their affairs in order. So I wanted to start with there just with the uh, a lack of time, a lack of advance notice being given to restaurant owners to sort of make arrangements. Uh, you obviously have heard some concerns around that here, uh, probably also in Kamloops, but across this province. I certainly have. And, and look, uh, we, we all understand that Bonnie Henry uh, and her team have had to be nimble and, and uh, you know, restrictions have come and they've gone and they've come back and, and so forth. Uh, what we can't understand is, is why the government uh, in the case of, of restaurants and those in the hospitality sector, uh, why 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 they, they, the government can't give uh, these these uh, small businesses some advance notice uh, when there are restrictions coming in that are going to have a, a a pretty significant impact uh, on on the business. So uh, take all these restaurants; uh, they typically order their food on Fridays for the forthcoming week. Uh, most of them were receiving their their weekly uh, food order, thousands of dollars worth. Uh, when the the latest health restrictions uh, were announced, and uh, those are sunk costs that that the, many of these small businesses are going to have to um, are going to have to just uh, you know are just going to have to deal with on top of uh, all of the other uh, misery uh, that they've had to uh, to endure through this. So uh, we went through this uh, during the the New Year's Eve fiasco. Uh, we were assured by government that they would do a better job uh, if and when this was to happen again. And uh, it happened again. Uh, businesses left flapping in the wind uh, with, again, a whole bunch of sun costs relating to perishable food that they just weren't able to sell. They wouldn't have bought nearly as much if, uh, if they'd have had even a day or two's uh, notice um, on, these, uh, on these restrictive health measures changing. Yeah, and we saw instances on the weekend, this past weekend in Vancouver, of a couple of restaurants kind of defying the, the, the orders to not being allowed to bring patrons into the restaurant, chose to do so anyway. Um, and I actually spoke with the mayor of Williams Lake here earlier this afternoon, and he mentioned some restaurant owners there are, you know, contemplating a boycott of restrictions as well. Do you think that the timing of some of the announcements is one of the reasons that restaurant owners are so frustrated and are willing to sort of, uh, you know, almost risk their, their business life? because they need to make some money, they need to get some profit from the product they've ordered. Well, look, I, I think I, I certainly uh, certainly want to say very clearly that, uh, you know, we don't condone uh, any any mm -hmm. business or individual, for that matter, uh, you know, violating the, uh, the health uh, rules and restrictions that are in place. But that being said, I completely understand the frustration uh, of these businesses and and uh, the thousands of restaurants out there, uh, you know, a lot of them have closed, and we've seen some of that in in Kamloops. Uh, they, a lot of them have closed permanently. Uh, there are many, many more that are just barely hanging by a thread, 
Uh, and, you know, the, the, the insult to injury when these latest health restrictions were announced was not only did a lot of restaurants get caught with a, a thousands of dollars worth of perishable food that they couldn't, uh, they couldn't sell, uh, but uh, th- they were also, uh, you know, uh, you know, faced with this new, uh, you know, uh, in, um, d- you know, dining on patios or takeout restrictions only, um, which basically left a, a whole bunch of restaurants unable to adapt. Uh, and, you know, many that I speak to are, are saying they're simply not sure that they're going to make it. Um what um, would you like to see in terms of additional supports? I saw the NDP today put out a, a release basically saying that uh, restaurant owners can now sell draft beer in growlers during takeout orders. I mean, I don't want to say that doesn't help. Any little bit will help at this point in time. But, I mean, it's very uh, a very minimal, minimal effort, I think, to try to help recruit some losses. What would you like to see take place in order to help people through this difficult time? Well, I think, you know, allowing a very select uh, few number of, uh, of, of restaurants or, or brew, brew pubs that are that, that have a uh, you know a food uh, primary food license and uh, to to allow them to now serve uh, liquor or beer in, in growlers for a limited time period is frankly in the grand scheme of things is a, is a drop in the bucket. Uh, what what the restaurant sector needs is is some some meaningful support from this government. What we've suggested is, uh, and I hope this is what we hear from the minister tomorrow, uh, the government should put on the table a, a, a support uh, package specifically focused on restaurants to help them cover the costs uh, of uh, their their most recent food uh, per, uh, perishable food purchase. That uh, that that as I said earlier has resulted in many of them just having to 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 deal with with some costs that they're never going to recoup. Secondly, uh, we've been urging the government to uh, restructure the small and medium-sized business recovery grant, uh, which you and I have talked about many times before. Mm-hmm. You know, again, uh, you know, 345 million bucks approved a year ago. Uh, the program rolled out last September before the election, and uh, we're sitting here today, and we don't think that much more than 50% of those dollars are out the door yet. That is completely inexcusable. So we're saying that put put some more resources into this to get the dollars out faster. Uh, there's a there's a huge backlog. Put restaurants in the hospitality sector, uh, perhaps up at the top of that list in the in the short term, uh, in terms of uh, the application process, um, so you can get the dollars to them quickly, and um, and expand the eligibility criteria because uh, we're still hearing from restaurants and other businesses that that aren't eligible because they haven't been in business long enough. Um, so those are some tangible things that we think uh, the government could do tomorrow. It doesn't require legislation. Um, and as I said, I sure hope that's what the jobs minister uh, has in mind when he uh, steps uh, up to the podium uh, tomorrow to make his announcement. Yeah, definitely have my eyes on that. And, you know, you mentioned the recovery grant program that does exist. And you say maybe 50 percent of it has gone out. And I think the vast majority of, of that percentage has probably only gone out since they've expanded some of the criteria in the last, what, you know, less than two months ago when they kind of made that announcement, too. So, um, yeah, long, long way to go in terms of that program doing what it is supposed to. Uh, I did want to ask about this issue around air tax. I think we talked about it last year, I believe you and I, uh, at some point anyway. Uh, but I saw the story pop up again here this week in relation to a restaurant, I believe it was in Vancouver, that was now being taxed an extra $6,000 for the space above their restaurant because it is potentially a spot where condos or apartments could be built. I mean, how ridiculous is it that a business would be taxed for something that they don't even own, right? The space above that, the air above a restaurant there's no building there it's literally just air how can you get taxed on that it makes no sense to me well it makes no sense except for 
in in, uh, in the NDP government uh, because they're the ones that have imposed this uh, speculation and vacancy tax. And in doing so, uh, they have applied uh, the definition of uh, vacant residential land, quote unquote, uh, to empty undeveloped lots, abandoned houses, and the airspace over small businesses and similarly zoned properties. Uh, that means that if you're a small business and you went through uh, a legal process to have the airspace over your head designated residential, which uh, would 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 re- result in in a uh, a reduction in your property taxes owing in the here and now, uh, because uh, it's it's uh, residential above your above your heads for for future potential use. It means that the speculation and vacancy tax, as per the definition I just read you applies uh, to to your particular property um, this should not be happening uh, we're hearing of businesses getting getting bills uh, of six thousand I, I talked to one yesterday a twelve thousand wow. dollar hit because of the speculation tax applying to the air uh, over their heads uh, I, I mean just outrageous uh, that this would be happening at any time uh, let alone during a pandemic and the NDP need to need to fix this and the fix is uh, the speculation tax, which was intended, by the way, to, to drive more housing uh, for yeah. British Columbians. Uh, we can quibble over the overall effectiveness of the spec tax, but that's what its intent was. It was not to drive small businesses out of business. And we're not seeing that in Kamloops, right? The speculation tax doesn't apply to us here in Kamloops, if I'm remembering correctly. That is correct. We're not seeing that uh, that happen at this point in Kamloops, but uh, again, with the stroke of a pen, uh, the finance minister could, uh, you know, if they like uh, how a tax uh, is is working uh, from their perspective, and in, in you know the lower mainlands, uh, let's say uh, they they might just decide to expand it to other parts of the province. And God help us if they do that. Yeah, well, I did talk to a local realtor here earlier this week, and he mentioned a lot of his clients are coming from places like the mainland or maybe from uh, you know out of country, and they're bringing two million bucks with them to Kamloops and saying rather than buying one big house, I'll buy two. Um, so if that is something we're seeing more and more often, I wouldn't be surprised if a spec tax is looked at as an option for a place like Kamloops, and I would have some concern with that as well although i also wonder if there's maybe some benefits to that if we are seeing people doubling up like that in terms of housing um do do you see that as something that might be on the radar for this ndp government in the near future if if you know if they're in need of ways to make more money to kind of crawl out of this pandemic is that something you could see being put on the table (laughs) well you know my experience in politics uh the the ndp has never met a tax it didn't like uh i mean they just as of april 1st and this might sound trivial but it's actually not they they just imposed a tax on on your your streaming video services so Mm -hmm. you know while everyone's been locked up in their homes uh even to this point uh you know i mean we 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 can go out we have our safe hand those uh, you know our, our bubbles and so forth but but people are relying on on entertainment that they can stream through their television well uh, the NDP have just decided uh, to become one of the first jurisdictions in Canada to impose a tax on your Netflix, uh, as an example. I mean, uh, they, 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 I would not be surprised if um, if we don't see uh, an expansion of the speculation tax to uh, to other parts of the province, and, and including Kamloops. Um, I do not think that that's uh, that's the right way to go. We can talk about that uh, another time, perhaps. But yep. um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, what we really need to, uh, to to address the housing affordability challenges and 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 is is the supply side. We need more supply, and there's a whole bunch of measures that we've proposed to drive more supply faster. Um, that's the best way that we can uh, 
we can address what's happening in, in Kamloops and communities uh, around the province. And, and just one more thing here on this uh, spec tax in relation to, to restaurants who are paying for that space above their restaurant, that airspace that exists there. Um, you know, even opinions aside, whether we believe it's a good tax or not, doesn't it make sense, at least as we go through this pandemic and we're trying to help business owners get through this difficult time, to at least for the time being, say this tax is not applicable to you for the time being, even if you want to bring it back in in the future, that's one thing when people are actually having clients making money, uh, having patrons come into their stores. But just the timing of this to be hit with a $6,000 bill as we're going through restrictions, I just can't believe they would do that to, to business owners. No, it, it is unbelievable. Uh, and it's sad. Uh, at the end of the day, um, they, there was an exemption on this uh, speculation and vacancy tax uh, on, on vacant residential land, which, again, includes the airspace over uh, small businesses that are, that are similarly zoned, as I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did bring in the speculation tax in 2018. They included an exemption uh, for this for 2018 and 2019. But then they decided in the middle of a pandemic yeah. uh, to, uh, to, to, to have it apply. Um, uh, and, uh, or, you know, by removing the exemption. So it, it is in place. Uh, businesses are, are getting the bill. Uh, it's thousands of dollars, and it's completely uh, outrageous. Todd, thank you, as always, for the time. appreciate you coming on the program. We'll do it again soon. Sounds good, Jeff. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. There's uh, Todd Stone, Kamloops South MLA and Liberal Critic for uh, Jobs, Economic Recovery, and Innovation. Uh, Todd Stone. Uh Thankfully, that's not a thing in Kamloops that we're talking about right now is that speculation and vacancy tax. I know it was brought in to try to help with the housing market, but man, the uh, impact it might be having on some restaurants there in the mainland where they're dealing with that airspace above their restaurants. How can he get taxed on that? It's so ridiculous to me that that is indeed a thing that has to happen. I was uh, watching a story last night on the news and someone was talking about how they were paying $6,000 because their uh, piece of property has the potential to have condos or apartment units above it. Okay, why would I pay tax for that $6,000 bill that they're being hit with for that? I mean, that is just ridiculous. Thankfully, like I said, in Kamloops, you know, we don't have to deal with that yet, but I totally see it being something that could be coming our way in the not-too-distant future. And one of the things that I did mention during my chat there with Todd is how I spoke with Quinn Pash with Royal LePage here earlier on in the week. And he mentioned, you know, a lot of his clients are coming from, you know, maybe somewhere from outside the country or maybe from the lower mainland where they're selling their $2 million home, moving towards Kamloops. And instead of buying, you know, one real nice home, what they're doing is buying a nice, you know, eight $900,000 home and then buying a secondary residence that they can then rent out. Nothing against that, but... A lot of people are trying to get into the housing market. And if people are coming up here and turning one house into two, well, that's going to have another impact on inventory. Lack of housing supply being available. Digging into that market even further. We're seeing record numbers for house prices in Kamloops. That's not going to change, especially if we're seeing you know, that double dipping that comes along with some of those investors. So, spec tax, is it a way to deal with that kind of thing? I mean, I, I don't want to say yes. Uh, it's a tool, but there's probably better tools out there to get the job done. What those are, I don't know, but I definitely want to see some action being taken in that kind of a regard. Um, people need to buy homes. We got to get people into the housing market. It can't just be, um, you know, uh, an estate thing. It has to be, you know, people being able to actually afford to get into the market. We need to see more of that. And doubling back to that whole conversation I was having with Todd, restaurants, they're dealing with enough right now, Uh, you know, closures, intermittent closures that they continue to have to talk about and have to be hit with. Anything that can be done to support the industry, I think, is, is worthwhile and more could definitely be done.